The Tin Man Podcast is a proud partner with Dashclip. Dashclip specializes in crafting exceptional wallets that go beyond mere accessories. Dashclip is not just a brand, it's a philosophy, a daily reminder to embrace life and make every moment count. Check them out today at thedashclip.com. That's thedashclip.com. Welcome to the Tin Man Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Tinius, and I thank you for taking the time to listen. The Women's World Cup is winding down, and though American fans may have watched their team bow out earlier than usual, the tournament has not been short of compelling and interesting storylines. One such storyline centers around six players from Racing Louisville in the NWSL. Not only did the club send six players to the World Cup, those players represented six different nations. When you consider the historic nature of both Nigeria and South Africa advancing out of the group stage, you can argue those six players have been as impactful as players from any club across the globe. In this episode, Jeff Greer, the Director of Communications for Racing Louisville, discusses the club's impact on women's soccer's biggest event and looks forward to what lies ahead for the women in purple over the next couple of months. Take a listen. Today, I am joined by Jeff Greer, who is a director of communications for Racing Louisville and Louisville City FC. We're going to talk mainly uh, about the racing side of things here today. But uh, Jeff, want to thank you for taking the time to hop on with me. Yeah, Chris is a treat for me. I'm I'm used to being the one calling you for for uh, insights and information, and here we are, roles reversed. I love it. That's right, <laughs> Jeff and I go back a while when I was coaching at Bellarmine. Um, Jeff broadcast some of our games and would kind of hit me up for some notes uh, before those games. Yeah, so the roles are are reversed here. Um, <laughs> but, but before we get into the soccer stuff, maybe just give us a quick background on yourself, how you kind of ended up in Louisville. And I know um, you've done quite a bit of work with basketball as well. So how, how you ended up in Louisville and then with a soccer club. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I if you told me even like three years ago that I would be sitting here um, in the roles that you just mentioned as director of communications uh, in any in any professional sports uh, or college sports setting, I would have probably been a little surprised, honestly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I was a journalist for um, if you do the math about uh, sixteen years um, and uh, worked for some really incredible outlets uh, the last place i was at was the athletic um and uh, my wife I, a few years ago after living in louisville for about 7 years and covering louisville men's basketball during the height of just about every possible uh headline grabbing thing that you could think of uh decided we needed to make sure before we had a kid that we needed to go explore the world so we were in europe uh in the middle of a year long trip when the pandemic hit um, came back to the U.S. <laughs> um, needless to say, we did not return for the final six months of that trip, uh, which included uh, plans to cover the uh, European Championships, the Euro 2020 uh, in okay. Munich, Germany, for the Washington Post. So anyway, fast forward, uh, just kind of realized, you know what, this is kind of a place I wanted to be. And um, I love it, Chris. It's really fun behind uh, behind the scenes and being a part of a of a team where you really invest in winning and losing versus 
always trying to find the drama that's going on from the outside looking in. Right. Yeah. A little, little different connection to what's going on the field with your role now. Um, just a, a little aside here, but when you're at the athletic, do you know Brian Bennett by any chance? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brian's a good guy. Brian's a great guy. Brian. Um, my, so my wife, uh, before I, I met her before we ended up together, um, here in Louisville was in broadcasting for a while. Um, and kind of, you know, a lot of friends in journalism. And so my wife has known Bennett for a long time and yeah, good guy and been to a few of his uh, ugly sweater Christmas parties, <laughs> which are, which are always fun too. Um, but yeah, you know, got you on here and want to talk a little bit about the women's world cup, obviously a big, um, big story in the sports world right now and racing and, and racing's players are having a big impact there, um, with, with six players representing six different countries. And I think, um, Maybe it's been a little overlooked because it, you know, it, it's a uh, newer expansion NWSL team and maybe not quite the name recognition. But if I told you that there was a club that had a player that started two games for the U.S. team, had three players that led their team in goals at the event, and one of those was Brazil, um, had two players help lead their teams to historic you know, group stage um, results and getting out of the group stage. And then the one that actually has played the least minutes is still <laughs> in the World Cup in the semifinals with a chance to win the whole damn thing. So maybe just give give our listeners a little bit of a rundown of, of what these women have been accomplishing on the other side of the world. Well, it, you know, to rewind a little bit further here, Chris, we at the start of the season, um, we knew that we needed um, I think it was we needed one more player. Oh, it was, it was Ari Borges. We needed Ari Borges to sign Brazilian to complete our efforts to have um, all habitable continents across the planet um, represented on our team. It was unintentional, but it ended up working out. Perfectly. But we've known for a long time that we had so many fun international players and obviously racing fans know that. And, and um, it was just kind of a cool thing to think, you know, we're all to be obsessed over the U.S. national teams because they've been good for our whole lives um, mm -hmm. and the talent is, is remarkable. And um, it's kind of fun to have players who aren't playing on that team. So now dressed about six different teams. Uh, going into this World Cup instead of uh, just the one, but um, super cool experience for them. Uh, a couple of them are really kind of the leading for their team, as you mentioned. Some maybe a surprise, like Ari Borges coming into it just 22 years old, uh, was expected to be a starter, but you know, on a team with Marta and, and Caroline and Debinha and some of these very well known international stars she was the one who had the, the world cup's first hat trick um right. we think she's a heck of a player chris uh and has a future um that's really really bright uh that that you know would be team of the year type caliber player in the nwsl which is no small feat mm -hmm. um and, and could be very much a leading star for us um but then you get into some of the players who are like the headliners in their countries wang shuang uh, coming into the World Cup was China's best player and played that way uh, at the World Cup. Temi Katlana in South Africa scored their first goal ever in the World Cup in 2019 uh, and helped them kind of surprise everybody to get into the round of 16. 
Um, I mean, that's that's really cool to have players like that on your team. We all know about Nadia Nadim as well, uh, being mm-hmm. this leading figure for Denmark for all those years and, and obviously missed out this year because of injury. Uh, so, yeah, it's been really fun. Uh, and, of course, we're all rooting really hard for Alex Chidiak in Australia. Uh, I found myself getting a little emotional the other morning during the penalty shootout um, <laughs> just because there's, you know, there is nothing like a home team with an entire stadium and country behind them through thick and thin, just living and breathing on their every move. And I mean, man, that was just a, an incredible uh, experience. So we're happy for her. And and I can't speak for anybody else at our club. Of course, we, we want everybody to to compete and, and do well there, but I certainly find myself rooting more and more for Australia as the tournament and, extends. And now I have to, and she's our last player there. <laughs> and I, and I, heard, I heard somebody say the other day that, um, there's nobody that Australians hate more than the British. And now, <laughs> and now, you know, they're, they're the home team and, yeah. and they're playing well, but they said, and now they get to go after the team that they probably hate more than anybody, uh, which should <laughs> be even some more added drama um, to that game coming up here. And well, you know, we're, we're talking here on Monday night. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll get this edited and, and pushed out probably after the first semifinal hopefully before the second, but do you have any, any picks here? And then we'll be able to see after the fact, if we were actually smart enough or not. All right. So Chris, I'm not lying here. In fact, I was mocked in the office for this. I picked Australia before the seat, before the tournament started to win. Um, I am not super confident. I think England is probably (laughs) the best team left in the tournament. Um, I've been impressed obviously with the Swedish. I think the Spaniards, may not have had um, the hardest road to get to where they are. Um, I thought they looked really poor against Japan and I think they'll, uh, I think they'll lose to Sweden. Um, But I I think, you know, the England Australia game, you know, Australia just kind of like bypasses its midfield and has such good defenders, such good fullbacks, really obviously the best forward in in the world right now. And Sam Kerr, when she's healthy, Mm-hmm. Um, and some really good, uh, complimentary attackers. I think Mary Fowler is, is a, is a superstar in the making already. Um, I love Haley Rasso, uh, as well, who just moved from Manchester city. Um, I think to Real Madrid. So I like Australia. I think they've got the, the verve. I think they've got the confidence, uh, the whole country's behind them. Um, and I think that in a game of fine margins, Savannah DeMello was talking about this today with our, we did some media availability. She was just saying at this point in the tournament, it comes down to such small, fine details that it, it it's a make or break one make or break moment in a, in a game full of thousands of them. Mm-hmm. And I just think when you've got the will of an entire country behind you and pushing you in what feels like a positive, encouraging way that, that that's got to be a difference maker. So give me Australia and Sweden in the final um, and give me Australia uh, hoisting the World Cup trophy, which would be only the second time, I think, that a host nation um, wins the the World Cup trophy on their home soil. So that'd be cool. Right. No, I, I like a lot of what you're saying and agree with a lot of it. I, I do think just in a vacuum, I would probably pick England, um, but I do like just kind of the mojo that Australia has. And I would pick Sweden and Australia as well, but I would sweden as a champion um uh, and okay, i'm sure that's a good I'm, pick. Yeah. I'm sure since we're saying that um 
we'll listen to this <laughs> in about Spain. three days and it's going to be Spain, <laughs> England, and Spain's going to be our champion, but we'll, yeah. we'll see how that works out. But again, talking here with Jeff Greer, the director of communications for racing Louisville and Louisville city FC. I want to turn now as all these players are coming back from a great experience at the world cup, um, kind of to what is still ahead for racing this year. There, there's a lot of things on the horizon and I know, It'll be interesting. You got a lot of players that have had a successful World Cup coming back, but mm-hmm. it's not as easy as just throwing them all back on the field together. You know, they've they've been playing with different people, and um, some maybe in the same role, some maybe in a little different role. So they got to get used to each other. But there's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, you know, you guys have advanced in the Challenge Cup to the semifinal, got out of your group there, which is great, and you're making a, a push for the playoffs uh, in the regular league standing. So there's still a lot to play for when everybody, when you, you know, get the band back together for lack of a better term here. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's, it was so important um, to do some of the work that they did before they left, um, you know, and, and you as well as anyone would know, uh, you know, the importance of a good preseason, um, the importance of building team chemistry, the importance of building bonds and having relationships that um that involve a lot of communication so uh for example you know Jalen Howell the captain of our team is very close with Savannah DeMello and Ari Borges um our midfield three uh, for racing for I think it's ended up being like eight or ten games so far this season it feels like a lot more um just how well they've played together um, but those, those three have a group text and they still they kept texting through the World Cup Ari was off with Brazil. Sav was off with the U.S. and Jalen was back here um, in, in Louisville. Um, and you know, to be able to keep that relationship going, and they were texting all the time with each other and kind of um, joking with Ari that she was going to forget all the English they've been teaching her <laughs> since she came to Louisville because she's back with her Brazilian friends. Um, but that's a good example. I, I think that will help a lot um to make like you said that sort of re-entry feel normal uh wang shuang didn't leave until july 10th um so she wasn't gone as long as some of our other players uh Tembi katlana just feels like you just kind of plug her in and let her run uh do mm-hmm. her thing um so i'm hoping that the experience that our players have here uh, and the and the really great team mystery that they have with each other um makes up for a lot of that uh those challenging um uh returns uh in the middle of a season and i think you come out of it knowing you as a as a, a coach who's had a lot of experience in this world um knowing what you have on your bench when you go back to your starting lineup and saying kayla fisher and jordan baggett for example were excellent while DeMello and Borges were gone. Now you know you can bring both of those players on confidently for the final 15, 20, 30 minutes. If somebody's not having a game, you bring them on at halftime. Uh, Someone's not feeling up to the task uh, during training, maybe picks up a knock. You don't worry as much about who you have to start in their place. Um, So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to play for um, in three. Uh, We feel like this is really the first season that there's been – um, this feeling like there's a team building and there's great chemistry and there's a foundation building uh, organizationally. I, we're just in a really good place. And I'm just super excited to see how things go in the final seven games, because we've got a really hungry group, a really close group and a group that um, is going to really fight 
the rest of this way and and I'll live and die with them, Chris. It's not healthy, but uh, I live and die with them. <laughs> and I'm uh, even if they don't make it, and I, I'm confident we will. But even if we do not make the playoffs, I know these last seven games are going to be uh, entertaining and hard fought uh, from this group because they care so much about this club and the city and 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 each other. Right, and I know uh, I, I talked to Amina uh, a little earlier in the season, and I know she the same thing you just talked about. She said there's just a different feel to it this year mm-hmm. um you know in obviously a lot of good players and i think nobody can really argue that you've upgraded the roster a little bit from top to bottom and the depth of players but uh, if you don't have that chemistry and that feel it can all be for not um you know a big one this weekend saturday is the fill the fam game correct so mm-hmm. um we're trying to trying to sell the place out uh, against angel city correct Yes, Angel City. Uh, I like to kind of joke. Not that I'm an East Coast guy, but it's kind of a running joke in my friends and family, uh, my circles of it's Louisville versus Hollywood uh, coming up this weekend. <laughs> um, they've got a good team. Uh, they're playing a lot better uh, of late. Uh, they're in a really good run of form, but um, we felt like we should have beaten them back in April. Uh, we were up two nothing against them at halftime really the the best half that we've played all season still. And we've had some really good performances. Um, but that game really kind of sticks in the craw uh, of our players and our coaching staff and has for months. And so I think there's a lot of energy behind this matchup. Um, but above all that, yeah, we, we kind of pin these games, um, this being my second full season with, with both teams. Each team we pin a game where we say, this is the one where we think, uh, you know, we can put a lot of effort into it and get uh, a record crowd uh, to come out. And and the crowds have been uh, progressively better through the year uh, with racing. And um, this was the one that we said, hey, you know, the World Cup's going on. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's following it. Uh, let's try to capitalize on that. And I think the thought was we do well with this one. And then all of our world cup stars will be coming back for our next right. home game on September 2nd. And now here they are back in training this week. Uh, so we're getting a, a nice treat of them being back earlier uh, rather than later. And um, yeah, you're going to see some fireworks. You're going to see uh, we've got a drum line uh, bringing our players out uh, the river city drum corps. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of fun things to go with this game and to make it a really fun environment. And I'm hoping that that builds the momentum into September and gets a bunch of people out uh, to some of those meaningful games we were just talking about. Sure, and and they they deserve the support. Um, you know, of course. for for the way they've come together this year and, and the fight that they've shown. And again, talking to Amina earlier in the year, it's even the when the results weren't there, you couldn't help but appreciate just kind of the difference in the approach and and the the product they were putting on the field. So. Uh, again, Jeff Greer here, Director of Communications, Racing Louisville and, and Louisville City FC. Um, Jeff, I know I know you do some other stuff as well, so kind of maybe just tell our audience where else they can catch you. I think you told me you're doing play-by-play for a for a University of Louisville soccer game in a few days. Are you still doing the podcast stuff on your own? What other projects do you have going on right now? Yeah, you know, I've had to scale back, uh, as you can relate, uh, <laughs> since we added to our family and we got a little toddler running around. I've had to scale back a little uh-huh. bit. 
Um, but uh, but no, as you mentioned, I'll be starting up a play-by-play uh, for U of L women's soccer uh, through the course of the fall on ACC Network and ACC Network Extra. Their their games uh, streaming, and then um, I kind of switch one seat over uh, and do color commentary for U of L men's soccer, okay. uh, which is really fun. Um, also on ACC Network. And, uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating, uh, helping out at Bellarmine a little bit too, uh, okay. as those games progress. I know the season is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then as you mentioned, I do have a, a basketball podcast. Uh, it's a, it's on a little bit of a break right now. We've tried to kind of lay low for the summer and we'll probably come back, um, as the school year kind of hits a, a little bit harder and practices begin again. Um, but you can find that, uh, anywhere you get your, a podcast is called Floyd Street's Finest, which, of course, for those who don't know, is the street that the basketball facility is on uh, for U But um, helps me continue to scratch my itch in the basketball world, which was a, an area I was dedicated to for uh, a really long time and still follow it very closely. But um, it's fun to kind of keep my toe dipped in that pool while I shift on entirely to uh, to the soccer game uh, as things go along here. Sure. Well. Yeah, I mean, I've always appreciated um, your work. I've always appreciated just the way you've interacted with me. When I was at Bellarmine, you were doing those games. And um, as I've started doing this podcast business here, um, you know, you were helpful when I did the episode with Amina of getting me some materials to supplement that. And um, yeah, you're doing great work. And I appreciate you taking the time to join me. And hopefully I will see you hopefully on Saturday, if, uh, if my boys can cooperate too. Um, and if not, <laughs> I will, I will try to catch you on the field, uh, at, at some point soon. And, and I think, you know, if you ever need anything from me, feel free to, to reach out. Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you for having me. Um, Louisville's a, I'm just getting introduced to a lot of people in the soccer world in Louisville. And, um, I'm really glad that we had a chance to meet a few years ago. And anytime you need anything, uh, for the podcast or just in general, let me know and give me a shout when you're at uh, Lynn Family Stadium. I'll come say hi. All right, will do. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good night. You too. For someone that has covered as many athletic events as Jeff has over the years, I think you could hear the genuine excitement and the way he spoke about what is currently going on at Racing Louisville, as well as his appreciation for the way the club's players have represented their countries at the World Cup. If you haven't seen them in action yet this season, Try to make it out to Lynn Family Stadium on Saturday or sometime over the next two months. I also recommend you keep an eye out for Jeff's work and other projects. He's a talented communicator who knows his stuff. Continue to follow the 10 Man Podcast through our website, the Twitter handle 10 Man Pod, or by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. If you've heard something you like, please share it with a friend. Also, feel free to give us feedback or ideas for future episodes by commenting on any of the previously mentioned platforms or by emailing tinmanpod at gmail.com. Enjoy the conclusion of the Women's World Cup, and keep track to see how right or wrong Jeff and I turn out to be with our predictions of Sweden and Australia. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Tin Man Podcast.